Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. All right, we're back. We're uh, already into a week into and a very eventful week at that, the college football season. I'm glad he's back with us, and that's Gary Danson. Gary, welcome. How are you? I'm great, Mike. Good to talk to you again. My pleasure. You know, it was a very, very big week. I want to start with the heat on Harbor and Michigan off the Notre sure. Dame game. Uh, the comments by Braylon Edwards, everything that's going on there. How concerned should people be about what's going on at Michigan? I'm willing to give it a, a let's wait and see. Uh, I understand it. You know, I mean, uh, this was a team that had plenty of publicity. They are very strong on defense. I thought one of the, you know, the Notre Dame touchdowns was like a, you know, a jump ball situation. But um, it was a little bit disturbing, you know, watching them have an inability to pick up a simple mic stunt or a tackle tackle stunt up the middle. Really, the Notre Dame defense had them all night, had them up the middle all night, but you know, I think, Mike, one of the unique things about Michigan, and I did pick them to be in the playoff hunt and basically make the playoffs. Me too. Is, I, I did, I did I, too. I, I thought this I'm, was their year. I thought this, they, uh, And I'm still not giving up hope, but I, I thought this no, would be their year. I'll tell you why, though. I, they've got an advantage. They've got a good schedule, and they have a chance, I think, one of the few teams with their schedule to get in the playoffs by losing two games yet still winning the Big Ten Conference. There's no way – that the committee will not put a Big Ten team in this year. And I think that this year, Michigan could be Auburn. Remember how bad Auburn looked at the beginning of the season last year? They settled in. Jarrett Stidham found his way. I think Shea Patterson will find his way there. I think it's time to back off a little bit. I was really impressed the way uh, Harbaugh handled this press conference, especially the criticisms from Braylon. I thought Braylon, he, he has a right to be critical. I get that. But I thought he was way out of line in, in – the emotional way he put it and some yeah. of the things he said. Don't pick, go pick, after pick the, kids. the kids. You want to yeah, get I, on the program, just don't pick out the kids. You know, they're still, it, it, they're it, still totally. amateurs. Yeah. I, I get it. And I, I – uh, yes, but I also remember for Michigan fans, I think they need to take a deep breath too because I remember these same, uh, you know, involved, very dedicated Michigan fans ready to throw John Beeline out of Michigan about a, two years ago when they were frustrated with Beeline did not feel like his offense could ever make it in the Big Ten. And look at how John has turned the program around. I still feel like Harbaugh can do it. He may have to tweak a bit and move a few things around. But I thought his press conference on Monday, he was humble. He was direct. He knew things had to be fixed. And I, I, I'm, I'm ready for him to make an adjustment. That's what he's being paid for. I think he's got plenty of talent. Let's see if he can do it. All right. How about, you talk about a bad start. How about the start for Florida State? Yeah. Well, it, 
it's really hard. You know, they were down there numerous times. It was like watching the Falcons last night. I mean, you know, they have no one to blame in that game but themselves. I mean, they were down in that red zone. They dropped touchdown passes. They had offside penalties on first down, on you know, first and goal. Uh, they they just seemed to disintegrate, mostly self-inflicted. I'm not taking anything from away from Virginia Tech, but also they had a touchdown that was nullified at the end of the half that could have been a touchdown. Um, I just thought that they were too much trying to play Willie Taggart's t- new style of hurry-up and not enough discipline and attention to detail, and I thought it cost them the game. Um, DeAndre Francis uh, needs to run a little bit more if they're going to run that spread attack. Uh, so they're going to have to learn what Taggart wants in that offense. But, hey, all credit to Buck Foster and uh, that, that Virginia Tech team. He retooled. They are ready to play. And that, that defensive line, I mean, between Notre Dame's defense and Virginia Tech's defense, I, I think you might have had the story of the weekend for, for two games that looked to be, you know, could have been big games for Michigan and could have been big games for Florida I, I State. Agree. The other team's defense did it, really. I agree, and that's the first. And Notre Dame usually doesn't manhandle anybody, uh, and they Correct. manhandled Michigan. I, they really did. That, that I haven't seen Notre Dame manhandle anybody. Now, that's not I, a good I, sign for Michigan, but yeah, Notre Dame usually doesn't manhandle the good teams. Yeah, I was interested in, in Jim's comments about Shea Patterson. He's a really gifted player. He said when we watched the tapes, he was very accurate. He was very competitive. Uh, he just had too many players in his face, too yep. many throws off his back foot. I think that was the story of the game. No question. Um, uh, good win for Auburn. Uh, you yes. Know, a, a good win for them against a good Washington team, which needed that game. If Washington had gotten that team that game, that would have been a heck of a leg up for them. But, you know, they didn't play badly, but still uh, a good win for Auburn. Well, I think you nailed it right there. I mean, this is Auburn's even year. Remember, they went to the championship with Cam in 2010. In the even years, they have to go play at Tuscaloosa against Alabama. So you have to be really good in those years. And, you know, with a senior quarterback like Cam was when they knocked him off, I did that game. That game they were down 24-3, to and they came back to win that game against Alabama in 2010 prior to the national championship. I think this Auburn team, Mike, is better than last year's team. Now, they were, you know, number two in the country with two losses. Remember, they knocked off Georgia and they knocked off Alabama at the end of the year. They, they were not the same team against Georgia in the, in the championship game. They got beat up. Those games took a lot out of them. I, I think they could be a better team this year, but with a tougher schedule, and they might not have quite the success. I think if they had last year's schedule, I think this team is better than last year's for, for Auburn. Uh, we're talking with Gary Danson in college football, obviously, each week. You know, the other thing uh, I want to get to is Alabama for a second. And the thing is, the scary part for people is this could easily be the best offense he's ever had at Alabama because the quarterback has such incredible talent and, so, yes. and, and two-way talent that he can be a scary player to try to defend. Yeah, there, there hasn't been a, a, a pure thrower like this in college football for a long time. I mean, you're, you're, you know, you're going back to the elite throwers of, uh, yes. you know, Elway. I mean, he doesn't have Elway's strength. No. He doesn't have the. He can he be a, a quick, Steve Young is who he can be. He I can think be he a throws Steve better. Young. I think he throws better than Steve Young. I think he's, a, he has a three dimensional feel of a field that's in, unteachable. And, and I, I, the guy I think most of, of how, he sees openings that other people just don't see as Drew Brees. I could never figure out how he did it. How 
you know, I, I played that position. It's very difficult to stand behind a defensive line with our arms up. Linebackers that are 12 to 15 yards downfield and safeties that are 20 yards downfield and feel that space in between them. And he does it instinctively. He's got a, 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 a Merino-type release and Drew Brees' accuracy. He is a once-in-a-lifetime no, type quarterback. No, he's a great player. People don't realize this kid is a special player. He is. He is. He, I, he, I, when he comes out of college, he's going to be a big, big star. Yeah, and, and you know, you it was one of the untold stories of last year and one of the dilemmas on the team. You could feel it at practice and in games that the receivers and the players and the, then the coaching staff, they kind of knew it. And, but, but what do you do? You're winning every game, okay? But the receivers were starting to get frustrated because there were so many Did opportunities. Did Georgia know it? Did Georgia know it? Um, I don't think I don't know it. I didn't know it. I admit I didn't know it. So did Georgia know it? Go back and watch my early Vanderbilt game when he did a spin and refocus throw, and I had seen it in practice, and I could read the body language of the receivers that they – you can't hide this type of talent. They knew that he could do some special things that Jalen couldn't do. Now, Jalen did other things really well. And I'm not taking anything. They're different types of quarterbacks. Well, he couldn't throw he, a lick, though. You're going from a guy who can't throw a lick to a guy who could really throw. I know, but he, but Jalen is a, is a better thrower than Tim Tebow. Okay, so oh, I Jaylen agree with that, could, but he can't throw a lick either. So, I mean, but the point I, is I know, this but, other kid is Tim a Tebow, top thrower. But, I know, but you don't have to be in college football. You don't have to be a top thrower to win a national championship. I agree. And that totally. was the dilemma for Alabama. Right. Okay, right. so – it was a different look, but the strength, as you mentioned, and, and you are correct, the strength of this Alabama team is their receivers, their tight ends, yes, their receiving very backs. good talent. And I don't think they're as elite on defense. You might see a different, whole different look of an Alabama team this year saying, we're going to score 35, 38, 42 points and say, can you to the other team? Because it's a different team than he's had in the past. Are you surprised Urban Meyer kept his job? I don't know the whole story. I've been really careful about this. I, okay. I, I do not like people uh, talking about stuff that they don't know all the facts. I, I mean, I, I, I say the same thing about the, the Jerry Sandusky story. I, I was around Jerry Sandusky for years and doing interviews. On, I, I, to be personally honest, I, I always thought he was goofy. I didn't yeah, know well, he was I, a Everyone ever said that. Yeah, I, never, I didn't know him at all. I never met him in all those years. I never, well, I never met goofy. him. I mean, yeah. I, I thought he was goofy, and I think that's – and I don't know all the facts, so I don't know what Joe Paterno knew. Maybe some people do. I didn't. But um, I trust that Urban Meyer would I, – I think he got caught up in trying to say, what can I say and what am I allowed to say? He, I think he knows some inner uh, information about it. And he didn't know what he could talk about and what he couldn't talk about. I can't believe a man with two daughters and a wife would protect an abusing uh, a man who abuses women. I don't believe that. Now, if that is the case, then he should have been fired. But I don't, I don't believe okay. that. But I have said this. He could have done more, and he should have done more. And the way I phrased it is, I hope Urban Meyer will take this opportunity, and it is an opportunity, to self-examine himself of why he missed this. Why was he so consumed with football and his staff and protecting and loyalty and missing something that maybe he should have known more about. And that's what I, I think in the future he has to reexamine 
how he controls his life. And I, I thought he could have used this opportunity to say, I, I, I'm confused because I know, I know I'd be upset if this happened to my daughters. How did I miss these telltale signs? All right, let me give you three games quick. Uh, let's get it back on the field. We're talking with Gary Danielson about college football, a little past 4 o'clock. Aaron Boone coming up at 5. We'll do picks coming up in this week one. This is not a great week for games after the uh, no. loaded games, but let me give you three and give me a thought. Is A&M going to put a scare at all into Clemson? Well, there's no better home field advantage, and there's no coach that knows Clemson better than Jimbo Fisher. So I believe they can. Now, Clemson is loaded, um, and they can score uh, with six different receivers at the same time almost. Is this new Clemson quarterback as good as everybody says he is? I think he's good enough to play, considering that they have a returning quarterback that got him in the playoffs last year. It shows you how good he is. He's uh, okay. you know one of the top three freshman quarterbacks. By the way, you know Justin Fields here at, at, in our Georgia game is another one, so, and he's getting some playing time. But one thing that is becoming apparent as I digress just a bit is all of these quarterbacks at every level are getting so much private instruction now early that they're all ready earlier than what it was even five years ago. Look Do you at the think class. they're getting good coaching, though? Well, I think they're getting technical coaching that they're further advanced. It reminds me of the young golfers on the, on the pro tour okay, now. They're all, they're all on the computers. They're, all a, a, they're way ahead of where they were before. So look at the NFL quarterbacks, the rookie quarterbacks, the successes they're having in the NFL. They're, you know, they're not falling all over themselves. The merging of the NFL offenses to the college style is making them more comfortable than they were in the past. And the same thing is happening from the high school quarterbacks to coming into college football. They're more ready to play at an earlier age because of all these private tutors and seven-on-seven camps. They're just ready. They're not in awe of it anymore like they were in the past. Very good point. And let me mention your game for a second, Georgia-South Carolina. Georgia is one of the elite teams. They're definitely one of the teams that has the great talent. South Carolina is always a dangerous place to play uh, because South Carolina usually has a lot of athletes, a lot of players on defense. Does South Carolina have that kind of team right now? Well, if they can't stop the run, and if they can't run the ball a little bit, no. The last two times they played, it was Georgia running for over 250 yards and South Carolina running for under 60. And yep. that won't work. Nobody's good enough to win that, okay? So as Georgia reloads, and believe me, they're reloading at a high, high level, so much so that Nick Saban had to react and make moves with his Auburn staff. He got younger. He went out and got more recruiters because – Kirby Smart has made a big dent in this SEC and rebuilding Alabama into a, you know, a, a, excuse me, rebuilding Georgia into Georgia's an Alabama like. They're loaded. They're, yeah. Virgil, they're loaded. Yeah. They're loaded. They're they're going to miss some good players, but they're reloading with new ones. And we saw how Alabama and Ohio State and Clemson and in the days Miami and Florida State would always just reload with new guys and new numbers, and they just were as good as before. So. Um, But I will say this, it's been a three-year build for Will Muschamp with a quarterback, Jake Pentley, who he's played now, this is his third year, that if this is what they've pointed to. He he learned as a freshman, he improved as a sophomore, and this is the game that this program has been pointing to. We were here in 2010, 
when South Carolina knocked off number one Alabama. You are correct. This stadium is like a 12th man for them. And in this heat on the road, uh, this game means two in the East. If you win it, you're two games behind. If you look at Georgia's schedule, there's really not a lot of games that they can lose. And this is one of them. Don't know if it's going to happen, but this is definitely one of their big tests of the year. All right. The other two games I wanted to mention, Michigan State at Arizona State. That's Herm Edwards at Arizona State. Does Herm have any – any? Uh, can he scare Michigan State this week? I think he can. I think Herm, what he's bringing to the table is that understanding of toughness and discipline and defense, you know, and that plays just the way uh, that Michigan State plays and getting them at home in that heat. Uh, I, I think this could be a really competitive game. And I, I think so, I too. Think Herb, Plus, Michigan State was all out to win last week. Uh, uh, you know, uh, they, they struggled agreed. in that game. I, I think they did. They were, they were fortunate to, to get through it. Um, you know, I, I, I look forward to watching this game. I mean, you know, that, that's Me too. one that I'm with should you. be a really good football game, and I'm, I'm hoping Perm's a good buddy. And, uh, you know, nice man. Very it. nice He's man. Great, yes. great guy, and I hope yes. he gets it going. Very good guy. I know Herm well from his years here. Very, very yep. well. Um, uh, uh, Stanford, USC. USC, yeah. now, San Diego State decided that they were going to try and take the back away. So the quarterback had a huge game. The wide receiver had a huge game. The back did nothing because they took the back away. They, they stacked the line of scrimmage. Uh, Stanford still rolled to a win. That's the way Stanford does it. They don't care if the back, who's a Heisman candidate, gets 29 yards. They could care less. Uh, yep. Is USC ready to play Stanford? I'd be surprised. I have to uh, be honest. I, I think this is, should be Stanford's best team in a while. You, you mentioned it. They've got the home run hitters. They've got wide receivers. I think Stanford could be field. a big. I think Stanford could be a big player this year. And, big and the biggest positive for the Pac-12 is where we started this whole conversation. You know, I thought if Washington got blown out by Auburn, and Auburn was because of their schedule, what if Auburn's a third-place team in the SEC? Then that would be bad news for the Pac-12. But it was a good loss for the Pac-12. They lost the game. They wanted to win, of course, but they weren't embarrassed. They no, they could have won, the, won, won the game. Could have won the game, and I think that keeps them alive. And I think that Stanford and Washington are the physical teams. We'll see. I mean, you never know. We talked about this already. The young quarterbacks. I mean, he's got a a quarterback that could have been playing high school football, starting for South Carolina. I mean, for Southern California and TJ Daniels. So it's. It'd be amazing, but I'm going to go with Stanford. I think this is going to be their year where they put all, put everything together and have their best run. Will Will Saban allow this quarterback to be a yeah, star this great. year, or will he keep him honest and make sure he doesn't become Mike, a star this year? I'm going to throw this right into your stuff that you know a lot about. Of okay, you remember when Bill Parcells got in trouble? I'm not sure what year it was. Maybe '81 or '82. And he, when uh, Phil Sims was on the team, and he turned to Phil Sims, and I handed him the ball, and he said, "You know, you and I are in this together, and if you don't make it, I ain't going to make it." And I think right. Phil in '83 threw for four thousand yards or something That's, like it, that. It was 1984 when he did that. 1984. Yeah, all right, '84. Okay, so I I believe that that's not that type of dynamic for Nick Saban. It's more like, you know, Don Shula getting a Dan Marino. I mean, Don Shula wanted to run the ball, play action, Bob Greasy, control the game, but he had such a special player that he had to change, okay? I can see this happening. I mean, the guy, I wonder, I think Tua can handle it. I think the team can handle it. 
I wonder if Nick Saban can handle the fact that with uh, two with throwing the way he does, and he takes chances with the ball. He's going right. to. He's does not that bother Saban? It probably will. Does it, it probably bother will. Saban yeah. so much? But if I was Nick, I would turn to my defense and say, "We're not going to be the same. We're going to make some turnovers. We, he's too good. He, you know, he, he's like a guy who's a three-point shooter. He's so good at the three-point shot. We're going to live with the fact that every once in a while he's going to miss five in a row." because we know he's going to come back and hit five in a row later and change the game. And if Nick can handle it, I think it could be a whole different dimension of an Alabama team. But it's funny you brought that up from this reason. And does it play at all into the, the, the di- dynamic of Alabama and Saban's mentality? Because what you just brought up was the talk of what, what really Shula believed in and what he changed with Marino. He now he never won a championship with Marino. Never but, won a champion. Now, the second year they go to a Super Bowl, they're favored over the best Niner team that Bill Walsh ever had, and Bill yep. Walsh beat them. They yep. both were great yep. teams that year. He never wins a Super Bowl with Dan Marino, never goes back to one I know. In, 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 his, in their long careers together. So does this hurt? Belichick has... The one thing about Belichick is he ad- he's adaptable. Although he's a defensive yes. coach, he has let Brady be Brady, and he has be- he's won on offense on numerous occasions. Will Saban be comfortable with that? I think he will. I really do. You're not, you're not married forever to this. It's not like the NFL. But remember when Belichick got Randy Moss? He said, we're too good. We have to play to what we do well. You know. So I think he will. Um, I, I think he also learned the lesson that, um, you know, I, and I listen, Jalen Hurts is one of the great kids, and he's a really good football player. And there's probably he is a good football 70, player. He there's is. probably 75 teams that would like to have Jalen Hurts playing quarterback for him. Okay, but for this year's fit of this team, who is a better fit? I believe, and I be, obviously Nick Saban believes that. Okay, what I always thought about Alabama is they're going to win nine games or ten games with anybody playing quarterback. It's those three <laughs> games. It's right. That you have to be special in. And last year, when he got in there in that last game against Georgia, he knew he wasn't going to win unless he could open up the game. And I think that's the way he's going to look at it now. I don't yep. want to get in the game against Clemson or right. Ohio State or, you know, or Oklahoma again and not have as much firepower as they do. Wow. It's going to be, that kid's going to be fascinating all year. There's no question about it. He really yeah. is. It's going to be an interesting season. Thanks very much. Good start. Thanks. We'll talk to you next week. Thanks, Gary. Thanks, Mike. Gary right. Danielson, back after this.